Welcome back to License to Spiel. I'm Carl Wonders. And I'm Thad Hay. And today we're going to be talking about, I don't know, probably one of the less well-regarded films in the Bond franchise. It's Die Another Day. Yeah, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about this week, but I guess Die Another Day. I guess so. We must. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'll, I'll be honest. I, you know... I think I said before here when on actually being recorded, I've told you before, but I've probably seen this film now maybe four times, uh, <laughs> including the time I went to see it in the theater because it wasn't one I particularly enjoyed, but I would watch this over Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, same. Uh, well, same yeah. about watching it over Tomorrow Never Dies. I've seen it like 10 times. Uh, okay. <laughs> it is not a good movie, but it is the very definition of a guilty pleasure movie for me. Yeah, that works. It reminds me of those, you know, especially these days, those cheesy, just no plot, all action, like movies that The Rock would be in, like Mm -hmm. Skyscraper. I don't know if you saw Skyscraper. Uh, I did see Skyscraper. Yeah. I watched all of those cheesy, all action movies that The Rock is in because they're amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see San Andreas? I did not see that one. Oh god, it's so bad. <laughs> we have reached the point now when Thad has seen the movies that I haven't seen. <laughs> no, this is this is a perfectly acceptable sit down, turn off your brain and just let the movie wash over you and its dumb plot, you know, and and enjoy yourself. Like there's mm-hmm. I mean there are things that I actively really hate about this movie frankly but for the most part it's quite enjoyable dumb but enjoyable yeah i I think it's entertaining yeah we're not the level of golden eye or even the world isn't enough here but no but we're above diamonds are forever absolutely diamonds are forever the man with the golden gun uh octopussy all those i would put way down the list (laughs) live and let die yeah Uh, yep so yeah so i guess i should run run through the the particulars here. Uh, Die Another Day was released in 2002. Mm-hmm. And this is the last Bond film to be released for, what was it, four years, I think. Um, yep. Actually, I think there was almost, there was like th- what, three years between The World's Not Enough and this one. Yes. Um, yeah. So it was directed by Lee Tamahori. Uh, it was written by Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, yet again. Uh, they're the only names on the, the writing credits this time out. I'm hard-pressed to think of another Lee Tamahori movie I've seen. Uh, I know he's done other things, but... Yeah, I think I looked him up last week and found that I didn't know any... I wasn't familiar with his work at all. He's the only New Zealand director of the franchise, for what that's worth. He makes some interesting choices. Have we talked about this before? Are all the directors from the British Commonwealth? Um, I don't know if we've talked about it. I don't know if... The director for the still yet to be released, <laughs> uh, No Time to Die, is right. Um, but, but before and that, I, I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, it's cool. I don't remember his name either. Uh, it's Kerry yeah. Joji Fukunaga. Thank you. Um, and he is American. Okay. So certainly, all of the directors will soon not be. But I'm looking them up. I, I'm going to guess Roger Spottiswood is not, but I could be wrong. How could you not be British with a name like Spottiswood? Oh, no, he's, he, you know what? He's, he's from Canada. <laughs> like, I feel like even if you're from, like, you know, Japan, if your last name is Spottiswood, you're an honorary Brit. 
Fair, best known for directing the films Turner and Hooch or Stop and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Anyway, <laughs> and Sam Mendes, yeah, he's he's British. Um, yeah, I think. And John Glenn is was. John Glenn is definitely British, or he yeah he was British, but he directed like half of them. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Not to be conclu- confused with John Glenn the American. No, no, that's two ends. <laughs> yes. And let's see it. I mean, Lewis Gilbert is British. Uh, Terrence Young is very British. Um, <laughs> yes. Guy Hamilton is definitely British. Yeah, I think, yeah, pretty much all Commonwealth directors. Okay, but it will not be, assuming No Time to Die ever gets released. Just release the thing on I know, on right? And I'll, well, pay, the problem I'll pay the is, 30 bucks to watch it. The problem is MGM doesn't have their own service. So <sighs> yeah. Disney could release Mulan on Disney+. Plus and mm-hmm. Warner Brothers can release Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max, but MGM doesn't have a streaming service of their own, so wherever they would release it, they would take a huge cut. They would lose a huge cut yeah. to whoever is actually running the service. That's that's a good point. I still think they should, because that's still more money than they're making now. <laughs> it <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, these interesting times. Indeed. Die Another Day was the 20th bond film if i'm doing Mm -hmm. my math correctly and they decided to throw in a whole bunch of throughout the movie little references to other bond movies Uh, we were looking at the bond wiki before we recorded and there's some there's some questionable (laughs) ones on there but um the first one that we get though is this stupid bullet that they put in the gun barrel sequence that they just ripped off the opening of goldeneye which i don't know why they did that it's odd. Oh, it's the yeah. only time there's ever been a bullet in the gun barrel sequence. Yep. And we come out of it uh, on the beach here in North Korea. Also, I feel I, like his head is too big. Pierce Brosnan's? Pierce Brosnan's head in the gun barrel, when he turns around, it looks his head looks weird. Oh. When he turns to face the camera. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the same... I think it's the same, yeah. It's, I think it's the same one as gold. I think maybe you're just confused because his hair is that golden eye coiffed thing that he yeah, had. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, we open up, we're opening up here in North Korea uh, on the beach, and I don't know the if they get waves like this in I was North wondering Korea. that. They're out here in Mavericks or somewhere. Um, <laughs> I don't know where, actually, I don't know where they filmed this. Um, where this team is. It's more is... like they're in Snow Leopard. <laughs> Yeah, the special effects in this movie are not great. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. This is this is this is a better surfing sequence than the one we get later. Uh, uh, early two thousand. Well, I mean, this is a real. I think this is because they filmed actual surfing for this. So yes, this actually looks fun yeah, yeah. because it's real. This water. is good. <laughs> the rest of it, though, they were really leaning hard on CGI, which had not yet reached the point where it worked well. No. Oh, oh we're going to get there. Now, is this the best way to sneak onto a beach? Surf? No. Surfing? <laughs> There's some very unobservant patrol yeah. officers there that they And and we were we were talking about this before we started recording and we see the team come up on the beach and this is their first time of instead of really crappy rear projection we get really crappy green screen now we also get day for night when they're coming up on the beach it's 
Oh, not as bad as, yeah. you know, some day for night in earlier movies, but it's still obviously day for night. And then they get there and it's daylight too. Yeah. I've never surfed before, but I also wonder about keeping a whole bunch of C4 and knives and things inside your surfboard, whether that would make it hard to surf. But anyone who surfs can let me know if that would, if <laughs> just the weight of all that stuff in your surfboard might cause a problem. Probably. I would feel, I feel like it would. You know, it turns out that they're waiting on this helicopter with this guy. And they use a transmitter to, like, throw off the helicopter's GPS, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep, more GPS again. Man, they just love the GPS in the, in the Brazen era. Yeah. I like the bit where he, like, you know, Bond is dressed up as the guy, and then he kind of looks at him and steals his sunglasses and smiles at him. Yeah, that's good. For the second time in a row, I think Pierce Brosnan looks noticeably older than he did in the previous movie. Uh, he's still... Yeah, well, we're, like, four years later, so... Yeah, yeah, of course, but still. I mean, that's just what happens, I guess, with actors. It'll happen again with uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah, but I feel like... Oh, oh, he, lo he looks older, but he doesn't look, like... He doesn't look too old for the role. He's not viewed to a kill... Roger Moore here. No. Nah. Or Diamonds Are Forever Sean Connery. Oof, no. <laughs> we get taken to Colonel Moon's headquarters. Colonel Moon, his name is a reference to Colonel Sun, which is a James Bond novel. A non-Fleming Bond novel. It's the first time there's ever been a reference to a non-Fleming novel in a movie. Ah, okay. I have not read the, the novel with Colonel Sun in it. No, I haven't either. My understanding is that, that is actually the name of the novel is Colonel Sun. Oh, okay. And it has a really, really weird album, uh, book cover art. Seriously, oh, okay. look this book up on Wikipedia because I have now seen this cover art and I need to inflict it on you. Oh my! <laughs> it's an ear with breasts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, and the sun is an eyeball. <laughs> wow. Salvador Dali do this cover or something? I mean, what was this artist taking, and where can I get some of it? Wow, that that is something. Well, I'm so glad to have seen that. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. Yeah, great. I I like this introduction to Colonel Sun, or no, not Colonel Sun, Colonel Moon. The introduction to Colonel Moon here. Uh, or he's, you know, working out with a punching bag, and it turns out there's some guy in it. And yeah. He's, he looks out the window, and he says, find me another anger therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll get there, but I actually think I like Colonel Moon better than I like Gustav Graves. But... Uh, no, Colonel Moon just bugs me in so many ways. He just looks like Does a... It like I like Gustav Graves better than Colonel Moon. Colonel Moon okay. is just one of those pe is like a character that just I like I feel like is designed to be incredibly annoying. Okay. I don't know. The f and then he wears a leather jacket, like a leather that's like somehow <laughs> Yeah, it's just no. Yeah. He's such okay. a douchebag. Like and I realize Gustav Graves is a douchebag too, but like Gustav Graves is a more refined douchebag. Sure. Well, he's British now. Right. And, like, that, like, two days of mustache growth on his, uh, just, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I like his line about how he majored in Western hypocrisy. Yeah, that's Harvard. good. I, yeah. And and it sure was convenient that one of his flunkies happened to rev one of his car engines right around, right about then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were hiding the weapons in the DMZ on hover tanks? Are they, like, constantly yeah. hovering at all times? Like, how does this work? There, There's a lot of... I'm just going to go out on a hunch that the writers didn't really understand what the DMZ was. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the movie, we find out that the Americans have a military bunker in the DMZ. The, the, so. They do know what DMZ stands for, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll admit, I, I found find hovercrafts in general just to be kind of cool, so I don't mind them being here, and I like that there's an explanation for why they have hovercraft. but Yeah, but, yeah. like, in order for this to work, they would pretty much have to be constantly hovering for all time. And that seems infeasible. I mean, only only where when they're out and around where the mines are. I guess if the mines aren't everywhere in the DMZ, but I assumed they were. Well, I doubt they built this military installation where there are landmines. Yeah, okay, but they hide the weapons in the DMZ. <laughs> they say that. True. Yeah. So, anyway. And so, James Bond is found out because he's famous, because he's bad at being a spy. Yeah, I am, you know, honestly, I am really glad that happens, because it should have happened yeah, a know, long right? time ago. <laughs> it's like, this isn't Mr. Van Birk or whatever his name claimed to be. Like, this is James Bond. Um, yeah, it's Mr. Van Birk. Colonel, so, Colonel Moon blows up the helicopter that he arrived in and I like his father immediately calls him and is like why is there a fire what are you doing so my question is was his father already on the way or did she he see the fire and be like oh I better get over there I don't I don't know he was already en route yeah this is when Bond blows up the suitcase and Zhao gets a face full of diamonds which has to suck that uh, probably hurt yeah but why does he leave them in because he has to have a scar or something, I guess. I don't know. He would still have scars, just without would, diamonds yeah. in them. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, you'd think he'd have that removed. What really bugs me is that he still has them in while he's having his plastic surgery. Like, <laughs> you would assume he'd want to take them out in order to look like someone else? You would think, although, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. We get a fairly decent hovercraft chase... Yeah, I don't hate it. I like how Bond shoots the mines. Yeah. There's one shot when, right after Colonel Moon shoots a flamethrower at him, that I could swear it's a stunt driver with a Pierce Brosnan mask on. <laughs> sort of like that stunt swimmer last week? Yeah, exactly. Also, this is throughout this movie. There's a lot of stuff that just blows up for no reason in this movie. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely a Pierce Brosnan mask. You are not wrong. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's probably the same mask they like, used I, last movie. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I paused it and went back, and I'm like, nope, that's a Pierce Brosnan mask. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, like, give you a, you know, couple second close-up on it, like they did in <laughs> What Is Not Enough, though, so that true. makes it a little better. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but what is not better is one spawned and Moon are fighting each other on the tank. Mm -hmm. We have terrible green screen work. Oh, yeah. 
Like, it, it harkens back to the rear projection days. Like, it looks a little better than that, but not by a lot. Well, anything where there's, like, a close-up of somebody. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's not good. And there'll be a lot more of that throughout the movie. Yeah. I mean, this is, I just feel like this movie just came out at a time where they're saying, oh, we can do special effects this way now. And they really couldn't. Although green screen is an old technology, so I don't quite get why it's so terrible here. What is the purpose of this well-traveled tank road that leads to a cliff? <laughs> it's to get to the temple thing where the bell is, I guess? Right, but there's, like, vehicle tracks right up to the doors at that temple. Yeah. And, like, and they're, like as soon as you go through those doors, you're, you're in that little porch and then off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the vehicles that normally drive here doing? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Also, that cliff is a very unconvincing miniature, but... There is that, too. Uh, we get the line, saved by the bell. That is good. I like that. Or, yeah, yeah. I also feel like, in a lot of movies, Bond would have just jumped off the cliff when the yeah Koreans walk up. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I like the fact that he's still stuck in the middle of North Korea... He just killed General Moon's son. He's screwed. I remember when I first watched this movie, I assumed this road took him to, like, like that, that gate was like the border to South Korea. And, like, once he got through there, he was mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. But, but obviously no. not. But I also feel like, yeah, in, in a different movie, like... Or in a different section of the movie, when this happened, when Bond jumps down and sees the soldiers coming up, he would have just, like, jumped off the cliff and taken his chances. Mm-hmm. But here he surrenders because he needs to. Yeah. He's also probably kind of tired at this point. You would think, yeah. He did just, you know, surf in onto this beach and then had this big fight, and yeah. He's had a busy morning. A little bit. So then we get the title sequence. Yes. If you mute the TV, <laughs> I think it's quite good. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the CGI ice people. Or the CGI flaming women. Yeah, but other than that, like the torture scenes, I like that. The scorpions feel weird until you realize that that's part of the torture. Yes. Which I feel like doesn't really become apparent until after you hear about the scorpion venom later. But every time the song starts, I'm like, I like the the music little bit at the beginning with the clicking sound with the scorpions, and then the so-called lyrics start, and I'm like, oh yeah, this.
So, the part that bugs me so much is, <laughs> I guess, die another day? Like, w- mm-hmm. shouldn't there be, like, I guess I'll die another day? Not just, I guess, die another day? That makes no grammatical sense. So, I thought, I thought the lyric was, I'll just die another day. Oh, is it I'll just? I assumed it was, I guess. I don't know. I've always thought it was I guess. It sounds like guess. Hold on. I've, now I've honestly never been a huge Madonna fan, but this is one of her worst songs I think I've ever I'm heard. I'm not a huge Madonna fan, but she's had better work than this. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what was going on with this. I don't know why they okayed it. No, it's I guess die another day, according to oh, okay. the lyrics I just looked up here. Well... All right, it's even worse now to me. Yeah, because she <laughs> sings, I guess, die another day, and then sings, I guess, I'll die another day. But first she sings, I guess, die another day, which just sounds dumb. Okay. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's just not a great... No. I'm going to close my body now? What? I mean, maybe it's something about shutting off your body when you're being torched. I don't know. It's, it's Also, it's I, I, I really feel like this movie, of all the Bond movies, should not have a line in the theme that says, I'm gonna avoid the cliche. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that didn't... That doesn't age well in this movie. <laughs> Alright. So now we have Bond 14 months later. Who's been cutting his mustache? <laughs> He's had, he's had his beard somewhat trimmed. His beard has trimmed some? Because, yeah, that's more. That's not 14 months worth of beard growth. There'd be more. But no. his no. mustache is like a month, if that. I think it would be funny if that's all Pierce Brosnan could grow. You know, I believe that. But I don't believe that his beard would grow that long and his mustache would be that short. That's not how hair works. No. Not usually, no. As someone who has experimented quite a bit with quarantine beard, uh, that's not how hair works. <laughs> no, this is this is a great example of an obviously sculpted prisoner beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the sequence. I like how mm-hmm. it feels like he's about to get executed, but actually it's a prisoner exchange. Yeah, the fake out when everyone just lowers their weapons and turns and goes away. Mm-hmm. I like how he walks in and he sees... The guy whose character name I couldn't remember last week and don't remember this week. Uh, Zhao? No, not... Well, yes, he sees Zhao and knows he's being traded for him, but when he gets across the bridge, he sees the other MI6 agent. Oh, Robinson. Yes, thank you. Yeah. He sees him and starts to wave and then gets, you know, sedated. (laughs) I enjoyed that. (laughs) Yeah, because Michael Madsen's not having any of this. Nah, you'd think he was some hero. Mm Mm-hmm. Michael Madsen. I don't dislike Michael Madsen in general. I just don't know why he's in this movie. Joe, don't forget, if it wasn't Michael Madsen, it might have been Joe Don Baker. Oof. <laughs> Hooray for Michael Madsen. <laughs> Michael Madsen kept us from having a third Joe Don Baker... Uh, fourth Joe Don Baker Bond appearance. Yes. So, yeah, we can... Well, he know. wasn't in The World Is Not Enough. No, but so. he, I, he, yes, but it was a f- fourth appearance total because he was. Oh, the bad I see guy what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You're like counting Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they're doing the medical examination. Like they said, oh, his internal organs are mostly okay, but liver's none too good. Oh, it's definitely him then. That's a nice line. <laughs> yes, that's a good touch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about these opening scenes here where 
you know, M comes to visit him and mm-hmm. essentially is saying, we have no way of knowing what you spilled to the North Koreans because you were being tortured and drugged and all this stuff. And this is another, this is not the only example in Bond where I think they had a really interesting setup here that they don't know what to do with. Yes. Because I like this idea. And I I think we joked about it last week where I said that, you know, the movie is quite good until he shaves off his beard. Because <laughs> I like how M doesn't trust him right now. Um, Bond doesn't know whether he can trust himself either. Right. Because he knows that she's pretty being pretty accurate here. There's that interesting line about the cyanide capsule that he threw away. Yeah, I like that. Immediately, which it wouldn't obviously didn't happen when I saw the movie the first time, but now it makes me think of Skyfall. <laughs> yes. But that's three more movies away. Uh, so then he stops his heart? Yeah, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> and of course, because he's James Bond and it's Roger Moore, we've got to have... The brief the scene where he tells the tells the nurse thanks for the kiss of life and she gets all hot and bothered about it. Yeah, I think he meant to say Pierce Brosnan, not Roger Moore, but that would have worked with Roger Moore too. <laughs> it would have worked so well with Roger Moore too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like what they were trying to do, even though it's we're like twenty minutes into this movie, where they're like, oh, maybe Bond has given up on life now that he's been kicked off mi6 and all this stuff and he's just kind of giving in or whatever and it's like but of course not but yeah this makes no sense at all the cardi the the intentional cardiac arrest stuff yeah it's odd it's a it's a fun reveal when he finds out he's on a on a ship yeah and then he swims to the hong kong yacht club that was a convenient sign right there And I do like, he he walks into the hotel and just like... He just strolls into the hotel. He doesn't even bother just... closing his shirt. Nope. <laughs> nope. He's like, my goodness, standards are falling. No tie, dear me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say this is a... It's a fun movie. It's also a very overstuffed movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know why we need this five-minute bit where the guy that he knows at the hotel is secretly filming him because they want to catch him doing something naughty. Um, because they wanted to reference From Russia With Love. Yeah, okay. But also, there's no way that that electric shaver would have done that job on his beard. But anyway. Oh, no, that would have gotten all sorts <laughs> of tangled up. That As somebody who tried an electric shaver, like, twice in my lifetime and then decided there's no way of ever doing that again. Uh... Uh, it makes me break out if I try to use a long yeah. shaver. Yeah, exactly. Yep, same here. But, no, you would need to use, like, a beard trimmer to trim it really to, mm-hmm. down to stubble first before you could take a electric shaver or even a regular razor to it. Yeah. And maybe he did. Maybe he used a beard trimmer first and we just don't see that part. Maybe. But why did he put on his shirt first before he did that? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. There's going to be, like, hair all up. In, uh. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> and for a brief second, you think Bond is being really creepy. Um, until oh, hitting on the just, masseuse? He's, he's just looking for a gun. Right. And I do like how Bond makes the deal with the Chinese that, you know, he he just wants to go after Zhao and they want, they want Zhao dead too. So they'll give mm-hmm. him what he needs. Yep. Give him his little uh, gift box with the passport and plane ticket to Cuba and stuff in it. Why are we going to Cuba? Because that's where Zhao is. I get, okay. Oh yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? I I swear I saw this movie yesterday. Um, <laughs> we spend way too much time in Cuba. 
Yes. I like the reference back to Universal Exports, though. He goes into the cigar factory and asks for some specific kind of cigar, I'm assuming. Um, and they say, oh, we haven't made that in 30 years or whatever. And he says, no, 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 it's Universal Exports. And then they, oh, okay. Yeah, I like this, how he goes to the, he takes him to the guy who owns the cigar factory, and we find out he's been a deep cover sleeper agent this whole time. Mm-hmm. Who sort of reminds me of the guy from, from Russia with Love. Yes, he does. A little bit. But I enjoy that, and I like how he says, I love my country, and Bond says he's not making him betray Cuba. So that's... Yeah. Yeah. So we do have an interesting reference here. Uh, when Bond is okay. in his um, is in his office, he picks up the field guide to birds of the West Indies. And if you mm-hmm. look at the cover, the author is scratched out, so you can't see who wrote it. <laughs> yep. So this book was written by an ornithologist named James Bond, and it was this very book that gave Ian Fleming the idea to use that name. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a nice little touch there. Yeah, I I think according to Ian Fleming, it was the most boring name he could imagine. <laughs> so that's why he used it. But yeah, that's a that's a clever little in in joke there. Right. This and movie scratching... is full of them. Some are less clever than others, but that's yeah. A good this one. one's clever because because they scratched out the name. You have no idea unless you already knew. Yeah, and I'm really glad they scratched out the name. Yeah, that would have been weird if they hadn't. Because then Bond would have had some stupid one-liner too. Of, of which this movie is already replete with. Oh, yeah. Like, this looks like it was written by an author of great distinction or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, so many. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of bad one-liners, we get the scene next when he goes to the bar, and... Uh, I do like we ask for a fast car, and he gets a, you know... Yeah. Well, he gets... It's a what, Ford Fairliner, I believe. Yes. Which, I mean, I guess at one time was a fast car but yes he goes to mm-hmm. the he goes to the bar and oh jesus fidel castrato yes oh. but it does mean that it's yeah. that you don't feel bad at all when bond punches that guy out later that's a hell of a punch he throws too <laughs> yeah it is especially because he stays knocked out for quite for, a while for like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> But first, we, we get probably the most obvious reference to another Bond movie when Jinx comes out of the water looking a lot like uh, Ursula Andress from Dr. No. Yeah, they're going to make Bulu The knife on her belt. Yeah, they're going to make Bulu soon. <laughs> oh, boy. But not before we have awkward innuendos around a mojito. Yeah. Uh, Why? Halle, so, Halle Berry has done good work in yeah. her career. Oh, she definitely This has. is not one of those movies. This is better than Catwoman. Okay. Just saying. But, <laughs> I've yeah. seen worse Halle Berry. Okay. And I, again, I don't know if this is just her take on things or if the director was just not quite sure what he was doing, but... But no, Halle Berry has definitely done good. good work. She has an Oscar. She won, she won the Oscar for Monsters Ball while they were filming this movie. Yep. Which makes her and Christopher Walken the only people to have to have acted in a Bond film after they had while they were already Oscar winners. Okay, Javier Bardem didn't yet didn't win yet. Oh, or it's just just at the time. This may have been just at the time. Now I gotta look. Okay, because Judy Dench got hers after uh, Golden. Mm-hmm. 
for about five minutes of work. But anyway, <laughs> Judy Dench deserves <laughs> Judy to be an Dench Oscar winner. Judy Dench deserves an Oscar, though. So, so yeah. <laughs> we won't quibble about which movie she won it for. Um, <laughs> Javier Bardem got his in 2000, so okay. Okay, so he's the th- third. He would be the third, yes. Someone needs to update that article on the Bond wiki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I understand that there is a lot of boo loop that goes on in James Bond movies. I don't need an actual sex scene in a James Bond movie. There's a lot of explicit boo loop in this one. Yeah. I don't need to see actual, like, sex and weird fig eating. Yeah, what's with the fig? Why? <laughs> <laughs> she pulls out a knife to show that she's bad and then cuts open a fig? What? Oh, right. What, what is going on? <sighs> Why? And where was that knife? Had she kept her holster on while making boop? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate that we are now just using making boop as the standard euphemism. I, I'm I'm good with it. <laughs> so I do like when Bond, yes, when Bond knocks on the door of the Fidel Castrado guy and just punches him out. That's good. <laughs> and the, like the flies the over. He's just like hola. <laughs> and it's an obvious line but i do like the setup where he comes in with a wheelchair and he's like i don't need a wheelchair and he punches him he's like now you do (laughs) yeah that one's good (laughs) (laughs) and it works well because he gets to like send the guy flying to distract the guards later i like that too yeah this guy has a rough go of it ah he's he's a dick he's a he's a dick yeah and so then, yeah, Bond sneaks into a patient's room and steals a grape, because that's just what Bond does. Yep. Which, yep. you know, the Bond wiki, I don't think, mentions that. No, they don't mention the stealing of the grape. And I noticed that right off as a as a, yep. as a reference. <laughs> no, we, we, we share our notes, and both of our notes say grape stealing. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> what is the Thunderball reference that the Bond wiki found? Oh, the jetpack. Oh, well, yeah, but... I mean, it has to be... I, I'm not looking at it, but it has to be the jetpack. Yeah, it is. It is the jetpack. But, yeah, yeah definitely okay. the grape stealing as well. That was Thunderball, wasn't it? It was when he was in the... Uh, I... In the... the Because he stole it from the... Count... He was in Count Lippy's room or something. Yeah, not he stole Count Lippy, it... the, the... No, the, the bandage guy. Uh, yeah, the guy next to Count Lippy. The, the guy that had the plastic surgery to look like the pilot. Yes. Bond finds the worst concealed secret button in the history of secret buttons, and then walks down a corridor with weird mirrors and DNA things for reasons. So the Bond wiki proposes that the mirrors are a reference to Man with the Golden Gun, and I can't think what other reason they would be there for. No, I think that that's exactly why they're there. So, yeah. And then we get Jinx in the room with Dr. Alvarez, who's... Well, immediately showing us that he deserves to die because he says that he's taking DNA from orphans and runaways that no one will miss. All right. So I know that if you give someone a bone, if someone gets a bone marrow transplant, they then have two different people's DNA. Mm-hmm. But your bone marrow is not the only place that you have DNA. It's like in your whole body, right? Yeah. Even if all of your bone marrow is destroyed and replaced, which I'm also not sure you could do. You would well, still... no, you can do that. Okay. But you would still have your own DNA as well, wouldn't you? Yes. So destroying your bone marrow is going to destroy your body's immune system. Yes. 
that you then can repopulate with somebody else's bone marrow because people have autoimmune disorders or other, or a lot of times it's because people who have leukemia do this. Yeah. Right, because the, then their bone marrow is literally killing them. Yeah, right, because your bone marrow makes blood cells and is making white blood cells, etc. This is like Star Trek to the Next Generation level DNA science. <laughs> Which, I adore that show, but they don't know how DNA works. So, um, which one of these people is devolving into a spider? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand a type of DNA replacement procedure that essentially consists of having weird colored lights flashed in your face. Well, I don't know that that's the DNA. Re- that's part of, like, the changing the face, I think. Yeah, but I thought that was part of the DNA. Like, your DNA gets... In th- in this mo- movie universe, doesn't the DNA then affect how you look? Which also isn't how DNA works. I don't think so. I don't think they ever say that. Okay. I think there's multi st- multiple steps to this. Because there's, like, there's the DNA, and then there's the plastic surgery, and there's also, like, the playing the things in your mind so that you think you're the person, which is why they had all those... People listening to tapes yeah. of stuff. Right. Yeah. My, I do know from watching various forensic television shows that <laughs> b- people who have had bone marrow transplants will have two people's DNA. Yes. Which is why I'm thinking, yes, bone marrow has DNA, but so does mm-hmm. every other part of your body, right? Yep. So if you replace your, if you kill your bone mar- marrow and replace it with someone else's, you'll have that person's DNA, but you'll still have yours. Yeah. So your blood is still going to have your DNA in it, too. Well, your blood cells will have the new DNA, but that's the only part of your body. Your saliva will. and other things wouldn't, though. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, because all of your other all of your other cells that divide and whatnot are... So this does not work the way they say it does. No. <laughs> okay. Surprisingly not. <laughs> I know. Such a shock. Speaking of not quite working the way that they per- show it, I don't know if Bond could blow up an entire stone wall with that gas cylinder but <laughs> i was wondering that too also you'd think jinx would have been a little more careful about making sure the entire paper got burned yeah you would think it's going back to something we talked about in the living daylights jinx is a very good shot with that pistol from long range <laughs> yes i mean other than trying to shoot Zhao, which she fails to do yeah we get more really bad green screen here up when they're up on the wall we then get probably the second worst special effect in the movie when she jumps off the wall here or so, should I say just kind of leans backward and falls off the wall? Before we get to that, when Bond interrupts Zhao oh. while he's having his treatment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what squeezing the saline bag will do, but it would... Yeah. Actually, I don't think it would make you hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, I I made a, I made a mental note of that, and then we skipped right over that. Yeah, I, I don't quite get that either. Unless there's something else in there, but even then, like that's not how saline bags work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but Bond does find a couple diamonds here. That he stole from Zhao. Cuban friend identifies them as belonging to someone named Gustav Graves, I believe. Or at least coming from a mine of his. Yeah, but they also are chemically identical to conflict diamonds. Which is a thing that comes up in movies a lot. Um, And if a diamond is pure and flawless, wouldn't it be chemically identical to any other diamond? It would be carbon. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't it just be pure carbon? I mean, I don't know if it's... I doubt it's possible to have a completely pure diamond. Okay. But even so. Yeah. So, yeah, we find out that Graves has been basically laundering uh, African conflict diamonds as Icelandic diamonds. Mm -hmm. Which I guess is something you can do. I guess. So then we get a scene where Bond flies across the ocean and 
Interestingly, the flight attendant who serves him his martini is Roger Moore's daughter. Oh, okay. And the magazine he's reading is a real magazine. The cover... Well, the cover is, anyway. The article, the, the close-up of the article isn't. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the cover is the real um, cover f- of interviewing the actual actor. Oh, so it's a Toby Stevens it's an article. Cover. It's a It's a cover. It's a Toby Stevens cover about him playing Gustav Graves. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, that made it easier to get a cover. Yeah, right. I guess. I mean, given the movie's budget, I don't know why they couldn't just... Well, anyway. So, yeah, Gustav Graves arrives on a Union Jack parachute, which is yet yep. another Bond reference. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this one is a real reference. <laughs> yep. No, that one that one is a legit. Yeah. This is where we learn he never sleeps, because... Yeah, nothing about Gustav Graves makes sense, but... Well, uh... We later find out that apparently it's the gene therapy that means you never sleep. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's, yeah, there's a lot that doesn't make all that much sense. Did we mention this is a much more fun movie when you don't really think about it? Which is oh, not yes. our, it, which is not the way we watch movies on the show. <laughs> or just in general. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, sure. All right. So now we're at the fencing club and we have the, you know, necessary Madonna cameo, which is fine. Uh, I Yeah, she's, it's better than the song yeah and we have the very obvious goldfinger references here with bond dueling graves at the club and it goes on a little long i think it does go on too long before we get to that i have to just i danced around a little earlier there are so many bad one-liners in this movie jeez yes and unnecessarily added in double entendres for no reason other than to have them. Like, you know, Madonna makes a comment about him holding a foil properly, and he says, I've been known to keep my tip up. Like, what the... Who... Why? No. No. And, of course, Bond has to bait Gustav Graves by holding one of of his diamonds. Because he's... Why? I mean, Graves knows exactly who he is anyway, but Bond doesn't know that. Uh, Right. And... You know, I was just complaining about the one one liner. I kind of do like the one where she says, "I dislike cockfights." Yeah, that one works. Yeah, they they do the fencing thing for a while, and then Gustav goes and pulls just pulls a sword off the wall and is like, "We're gonna do this the old fashioned way." And I'm like, "The club? I don't think the club would let them do this, especially when they go around destroying it and risking the lives of all of their other people." Miranda Frost smooths things over with them. Mm. <laughs> sure, she does. I will say that Graves is doing a pretty good job of pretending he doesn't know who Bond is. He is. And I like how the doorman is like, place needed to de- redecorating anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I do like that, yeah. So now <laughs> we have a deep cut reference to a previous Bond movie. Alright. So Bond meets M in an abandoned underground station, mm-hmm. which is an actual reference to a previous Bond movie. Believe it or not. Okay, do tell. Because in You Only Live Twice, Tiger Tanaka tells Bond that M has a secret subway train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's M's secret subway train. Yes. Like, that. that is some... And, like, and I'm even... I'm not even gonna say this. This isn't... It's not a stretch. This is real. Like, there's no... Like, the, the coincidence is way too great for this not to have been a reference to that. Yeah. <sighs> I'm. I, I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. So yeah, I like the scene. 
Bond talks yeah. to M, and M is realizing that Bond is probably actually right and will and should go after Graves, but keep it secret. And then we mm-hmm. get the holodeck scene for some reason. Yeah, I don't get this. All this is doing is setting up one of my least favorite scenes ever in a Bond movie. Yeah, it sets up the money penny thing at the end, which wasn't necessary, and none of this is necessary. No, like I don't need, like, oh, did they kill Money Penny? Did they kill? It's also yeah, there no. so that he can say only a flesh wound to John Cleese. Sure. <laughs> I don't think that justifies the inclusion of the scene. Oh no, not at all. But that's another reason they did it. I mean, this is the second time, just like with the heart attack, where the writers were trying to fake out the audience without really earning the fake out. Yeah. I mean, I do like that, you know, his solution to this hostage situation is sort of the speed one where you shoot the hostage. Yeah. And I I do very much enjoy the after he's done with the holodeck scene when mm-hmm. they walk into the room of old relics and we just see yeah, stuff from all the different films like the crocodile submarine. <laughs> crocodile submarine, the rocket pack, the the shoe with the knife in it. The suitcase uh, with the knife in it, also. Yep. And, yeah, there's mm-hmm. just so much so much awesomeness here. And I, yeah. I feel like they probably, most of these, they just still had from whenever, too. Yeah. Although I will nitpick and say that this the knife in the suitcase would come out handle first, not blade first. But You're anyway. right, it would. Um, <laughs> I mean, just in general, that seems like a poor design. To yeah, because that wasn't come out halfway the with the blade sticking out. It, it, no. was a, it wasn't a trap knife. It was a. It was just a secret hidden knife. The trap with the suitcase was the tear gas. Yeah, it's like they didn't watch the movie at all. Right, and you know, for a movie that has some ludicrous gadgets, I like the ring. I think the, the ring is cool. clever and something that would be. It's better than the that. invisible car. Uh, better, better than the invisible car. Which, to be fair, they do a half decent job of explaining why it's invisible. Yeah, but it's still and they ludicrous. even show it because you get to see Q's legs doing weird things yeah. around it, but still. Yep. I don't yeah. understand how it was able to regenerate itself after it was after the uh mirrors were broken. After the... Right. <laughs> yeah, no. Or screens, I guess. But yeah. Uh, uh, and mm-hmm. Q says, I never joke about my work, which is a reference yep, from Goldfinger. That's, that's a Goldfinger reference that the wiki didn't include. The wiki did actually include that one. Did they? Yeah, they listed oh, okay. separately for some reason, but yes, they, they did. Oh, okay, fine. And I do like when he tells Bond it'll only take a... He should be able to shoot through the manual in a couple of hours, and he throws it for the automatic shotguns to shoot. <laughs> yes, yeah. Does he then ever use those shotguns? I don't think he no, does. No, I don't think so. I think they're only there no. for that gag. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that John Cleese has toned down the shtick a bit. Mm-hmm. I think he's good in this. I I don't yeah. think I could have dealt with the R scene like as Q. Because I think he is, no. he's just Q in this movie. He's not R. Right. Well, I think Bond, I think, only refers to him as Quartermaster. But yes. Oh, no, he does say Q later. Okay. He does say Q later. Okay. He was definitely R- in the, yes. In the last And movie, he does but, refer yeah. to his predecessor in this scene. So it's mm-hmm. very clear that he is the same. He is playing the same character from the previous movie and is not just Q played by a different actor. Right, which is good. Mm-hmm. Here's where we find out that Miranda Frost is an MI6 agent mm-hmm. with a dubious background check, I would say. But anyway, 
Because now the idea is like, oh, the person with the villain is really secretly a British agent. Yeah, alright, so here's the thing. We find out about this much <laughs> later. But mm-hmm. after everything goes down, M has a conversation with Michael Madsen's character. And she says that they would have known that Miranda Frost was not to be trusted if the CIA had told them that Frost and Moon were on Harvard's fencing team together. Mm-hmm. This is something that MI6's vetting process should have figured out on its own. Yeah, that's some lame <laughs> passing of the buck there. Like, there would be records of that. That's not like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's not secret. That's... No. Yeah, they should have known about this all along. Mm-hmm. All right, so we get to the Ice Palace, and how does Bond, like, explain that he took his own car to Iceland? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How, more importantly, how does Bond even take his own car to Iceland? I mean, you can fly a car. You but... can, but not, like, commercial. Uh, no. Is the submarine uh, with the Union Jack, uh... Union Jack hatch, like, <laughs> off the coast of Iceland or something. <laughs> they should have had that, actually. That that would have been a nice little reference. The one that looks like an ice, yeah, the, ice, the iceberg submarine. Yeah. That yeah, would be, yeah. <laughs> we meet Mr. Kill because we need another henchman. A name to die to for. Yeah. Uh. And now we see that Gustav Graves is setting land speed records. Yes. Yeah, he's setting land speed record, um, which sets up a line, I think, a, a little beat later that I think is pretty funny. I do um, enjoy the, hey boss, he broke your record line. That's good. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> For some reason, Gustav Graves is cosplaying as an X-Man in this scene. <laughs> yes, he is! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I question how feasible an ice palace is. I mean, they have ice hotels. Yeah. And I question those, too. I know they are a thing. But, like, there's candles sitting on the ice? Like, how is this... Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that there's all that fog on the bottom, but... Like, how does any of this stay solid? Well, I I have a lot of problems with the temperature in this movie. <laughs> um, like, Bond puts his hand on, a ta- on the chair right when he goes into the hotel room, and that would melt. Also, because this is probably the most egregious use of it. You know, we see Bond in the hotel, and then we go back to the bar for the party. What is up with all the Matrix-style camera move stuff? It was the early 2000s. Yeah, I know. It's Ugh, I hate it. (laughs) It's just what they did back then. Bond ordering a drink and saying, you know, with With ice ice if if you you can can spare spare it. it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We get more bad double entendres here. No wonder your relationships don't last. I'm a girl that just doesn't like to get tied down. Mr. Bond, and Miss Swift, Space and Technology magazine. Really? I take it Mr. Bond's been explaining his Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, I think I got the thrust of it. I see. Yeah, it's just terrible. Yeah, because Bond's been explaining his Big Bang Theory. <sighs> also, this is where we find out that we, we also see the scene, we also see Graves using the machine this is yep. where we learn that graves is actually moon mm-hmm. i like how Zhao says you look terrible <laughs> yeah he's one to talk yeah and they're launching something called icarus which is like the diamonds are forever satellite on steroids 
Yeah, it is basically just the Diamond Surfer of her satellite. All right. That's a so, lot of tinfoil on that model. So Bond sneaks behind people by driving in his invisible car because, you know, they wouldn't hear it. Maybe it's an electric car? I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not an electric car. Uh, <laughs> no. What is all this stuff for? Like, like is the... he growing pot on top of everything else in this dome? <laughs> yeah, what is with the tropical greenhouse? Why is that even I here? don't know. <laughs> I mean, I do like how they give Gustav Graves a Nintendo Power Glove. <laughs> yeah, this yeah this tropical greenhouse thing makes no sense. Yeah, Bond is almost found out, but he gets saved because because Frost Miranda Frost makes yeah, him make Miranda out with Frost her. Pretends to make out with him. Yep, I mean it's better than Bond pretending to make out with himself. I don't know that worked pretty well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it did work pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> and this is where Frost reveals that she's actually a MI six agent. Yep, so now they're going to go sleep together. Yeah, that happened really quickly. <laughs> like, yeah. they just walk into the room, Bond's like, yeah, we, you should stay here to keep the charade that we're, that we're lovers, and she's just like, okay, and takes off her dress. Like, what? Yep. <laughs> I mean, we find out that she's like a double-double agent, but anyway. Yes. Quadruple agent? Quadru- yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it'd be very cold to be naked in this hotel room, but whatever. So... That, so Jinx gets caught because she sneaked into the yep. greenhouse, and they're gonna kill mm-hmm. her with lasers, which is a reference to Goldeneye, which the punt wiki doesn't mention. <laughs> Goldfinger. Yeah, I don't know why I think Goldeneye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, but it's definitely a reference to Goldfinger. I mean, they never say no. I expect but... you to die, but still. And we get like this sort of weird fight scene between Bond and Kill where they have to dodge the lasers, which okay. Right. Well, so okay, so before that mm-hmm. Bond is trying to break in to get into wherever he needs to go. So he gets his little breathing tube that they also don't mention is right out of Thunderball. Mm-hmm. And he swims under the water. That's gotta be some cool Is hypothermia water. not a thing in this movie? No, it is, because he has to take Jinx to be get warm after she was... Right. Right, when she sort yeah. of drowns. But, like, there's no way he could swim that no. far in that water. I mean, he wears a wetsuit, but still. Still. So that, that would be very that water, cold water is, like, 34 degrees. If that, yeah. Yeah. Well, it can't be much colder than 34 degrees. Uh, if it's salt water, it can be a little colder. Uh, that's true, that's fair. Yes. Bond and Kale are fighting in, with the lasers. There's the kind of cool scene where Kill dies with the laser in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of cool when it comes out of his mouth. It's kind of cool. I mean, we've seen Kill for about five minutes, so right. whatever. This is where we find out that Jinx is NSA. Which, I don't think that's how that works, but okay. What does the NSA have to do with any of this <laughs> none the nsa doesn't send field operatives to iceland no cia would make sense nsa makes no sense they, they tapped his phone maybe but other than sure that... but like the nsa would <laughs> does the nsa even operate at all internationally i don't think so that's why it's the national security agency right <laughs> 
uh, whatever. Um, well, I mean, we've had Felix Leiter CIA doing many ops in, in the country, so... Fair. They play fast and loose with whose jurisdiction is what. I like how Bond was about to drag Kill's entire body to get them out of the lock, <laughs> yes. and Jinx is just like, nah, we have a laser. <laughs> yeah, no. Here's his hand. And this is where Jinx, fi- uh, Jinx advises, tells Bond that Zhao was under a... Uh, is it Zhao or Zhao? I think it's Zhao. Okay. Z-H. Zhao, yeah. Zhao was under Zhao. the dream machine, which Bond puts two and two together and realizes that Graves is Moon, finally. Mm-hmm. And so now Bond is waiting for Graves in his office. Dun-dun-dun. Just like to point out, there's still almost an hour of this movie left. Yeah. There's about... <laughs> this this like, movie... This is, should be the climax of the movie. Not not in any plot ways, but just the structure of this movie reminds me a lot of Air Force One, where every time you think the movie's about to end, it doesn't. <laughs> or like Return of the King. Well, okay, that too. But... <laughs> Oh god, thank god this movie is not three and a half hours long. Uh. No. <laughs> oh yeah, we find out that, surprise, surprise, Miranda Frost is working with Gustav Graves. Shocking! Yeah. But we do get the use of Chekhov's glass-breaking ring now. Yep. They chase Bond through the strange jungle. I, I do like how Graves tells Miranda to kill him quietly. And he, yeah, yelling it. <laughs> yeah. Why is Jinx's repelling line still there so that bond can use it to escape okay that's yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> here's where bond steals the the sled thing and you get that great moment hey boss he beats your time yeah i, I do like that yeah <laughs> and i i like how yeah so at this point does do the I guess the Korean generals already know who Graves really is? No, because Moon doesn't know. Right, but like Graves says the Western spy runs. It's like, dude, as far as they know, you're Western. Yeah, did they did they not did they not tell Moon? <laughs> yeah, I, I it's weird. Anyway. So Bond manages to survive by dropping the grappling hook and hanging off the edge of the and this is yeah, where we have does. terrible CGI. Oh man, I I may have said this on this show, or I know I've said it elsewhere, where it makes me think that this was rendered on a PlayStation One. <laughs> ah, it's a little higher resolution than that, but yes. Okay. <sighs> PS Two, at least. Maybe. There's nothing good about any of this. No. Like, why is this even here? The windsurfing scene with... Ah, it's so bad. Yeah. There's a great interview with Pierce Brosnan where he just loses it and starts cracking up over this whole scene. (laughs) And he even said at one point where he... He's like, I remembered filming Goldeneye and then everything else is just a big blur of stuff. (laughs) And then he's like, oh my god, the time I had to hang on to the thing and surf on the... And he just starts laughing. It's, It's pretty funny. Nice. So this is where they trap uh jinx yes and bond bond steals a snowmobile yeah so i i do kind of like how 
they accidentally find his car because a snowmobile crashes into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a problem. You would think that would be a problem. That, yeah. that would have happened at some point. Yeah. So yeah, now we have the car chase between Zhao and Bond. Mm-hmm. All right. So Zhao's car shoots Bond with its guns, and it, it causes the camouflage to fail. Okay. That's fine. Right. That makes yep. sense. Later, though, the camouflage regenerates? Yeah. How? We're, we're waiting this entire car chase for it to regenerate somehow. How? I don't know. <laughs> also, That's these cars are question. speeding around on, like, relatively smooth ice. There's no way. Mm-hmm. They're not wiping yeah. out constantly. I mean, that to some extent they were going straight, but yeah. And now... Once they drive into the ice palace and it's melting all around mm. them, like there's gonna be no traction at all on those ramps. No, where all the water's going and they're yeah. Yeah, I also feel like the ice palace was not so big. Like they go around that like a whole bunch of times. How many levels of ramp are there in this palace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. So earlier, Bond's car flips over. Yes. And he's sliding around on the roof. And somewhat cleverly, I think, he uses the ejector seat to flip the car over, which I don't think would work. But anyway, he has to open the roof first, which means if you eject, use the ejector seat on its own, do you just crash through the <laughs> roof kind of like goose style? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think they, they do that so that he can close the roof later, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Maybe. Uh, and but yes, eventually the camouflage regenerates just in time for Bond to finally put some traction on his car on his car and drive it up mm-hmm. a wall. Uh, yep. <laughs> and then Zhao's car crashes and he's in the water. And I think another reference that they failed to connect because I think the one that they put in was pretty weak. I think that Bond dropping the chandelier on him was a reference to Goldeneye. Oh yeah, he is invincible. Yeah. No, 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 no. The what happens to Sean Bean? Oh, yeah, yeah. When he gets yeah, impaled, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, because you even see the same shot of the thing like coming down into the camera. So anyway, Bond breaks the breaks the door where Jinx is, and then it's kind of clever, I guess, that she falls on the windshield and he uses the ring to break it and pull her into the car. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's very convenient. Yeah, I'm... it was. And this is where hypothermia is a thing because he rushes to the to the hot spring to try to revive her. No, I don't... I thought you had to warm them up a little slow, more slowly than that, but okay. I think you do. Yeah. We now go... This is where we go to the U.S. command bunker in the DMZ. Yeah, like, if it said it was in South Korea, just south of the DMZ, that would be okay. But... No, but the the caption literally says... It says demilitarized zone. <laughs> yes, it does. Demilitarized zone, yes. <laughs> and it says demilitarized zone in South Korea. Yeah, like... As it, the words demilitarized zone appear as we go by all of these military helicopters. Just as you did, I will point out that there is still 30 minutes in this movie. Yeah, because this, ne- this next part takes forever. Yeah. Which I feel like you could say that in and of itself is a reference to Bond films. Because what, the drone thing? Or, no. or it being too long? 
the fact that after the big <laughs> climax, we then have to have the other climax where we go after the bad guy. Because mm. okay. that happened in the Roger Moore era quite a bit. Yes. Like Octopussy. Yeah, like in um, The Spy Who Loved Me, where mm-hmm. we have the big shootout in the tanker, and then we have to go off, go out and get Stromberg. Yep. And Octopus, yeah. where they have the... Where they, after they stop oh, yeah. World War Three, yeah, they still yeah, have yeah. to go after the, yeah. Yeah. So it's a thing. But I don't think this is a reference. Yep. I think this is just a poorly paced movie. Uh, right. <laughs> we, we see the old hiding in the wheel, wheel well of the airplane trick here to get <laughs> on board. I do like how Michael Madsen is so sure that his missile was going to destroy the satellite. Oh, and the look on his face when it blows up. Yeah. Is good. I'm so glad that Gustav Graves brought all of his Ferraris with him on this plane. <laughs> I don't think that there's only, like, some of his Ferraris, but sure. What's with the bust? Is it a bust of himself? Who is that bust I, of? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I think it's a bust of him before he was... It, so you think it's Colonel Moon? I think it's a Colonel Moon bust, yeah. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah, I, You know what? It does look like Colonel Moon. Now, if... I also question he's trying to, you know, his he he brings his father on board and he's trying to convince him of yeah, his father feels the face yeah. on the bust and then feels him. So that's what it is, but it's so right. weird. Yep. I mean, he his father doesn't quite know who he is and he's skeptical. I don't know if quoting Sun Tzu would convince anybody because more than one person has read that book, but anyway. One or two. Yeah. I mean, we see it later. <laughs> Yeah, so... So, how does Gustav Graves operate those tiny little buttons with those gloves on? <laughs> I don't know. And I like his Microsoft, like, ball mouse controller. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Man, remember when those were big? Yeah. Now, this feels a lot like Goldeneye to me in a way where there's this big thing. You know, they steal this giant EMP satellite, or he builds this giant laser beam of doom mm-hmm. and then you find out what he's planning to do with it and you're like that's all like <laughs> you're blowing up the landmines in the dmz okay that's all when you have hovercraft you've already established you have hovercraft that drives over them but whatever this movie's not expected to make sense no why is miranda frost not wearing a shirt i don't know that yeah that's one that one's one of the questions that i just that's yeah, there's That's a to be very yeah. No explanation for that. No, there really isn't. So yeah, we we get the the cut the fight between Jinx and Frost. We get multiple mm-hmm. fights with different people. Bond and Moon are fighting. Oh, we should mention that Moon killed his father. Yep, he did. Also, so we hear about how as soon as that laser gets to the edge of the DMZ multiple times, and we like see it like really close close to that. And then see it again, and it hasn't moved, and then all of a sudden it has moved. Yeah. <laughs> but that's More just... More continuity. Movie. I also think that one fence blows up about eight times. Yes. <laughs> I like how they... I, I do enjoy how Jinx had the plane fly through the laser. That was cool. You'd think it would do more damage to everything, but... Well, I guess it's not really a laser. I, we call it a laser, but it's a heat ray. So... Yeah, I mean, it's it's like stupid kids putting you know magnifying glass on ants right i mean same idea i don't think either of these fight scenes are terrible 
No, and I enjoy, I can read your every move right before she didn't read the move that killed her. Right. I could have done it without the bitch part, though. Mm, yeah. Ha! I can read your every move. Bitch. I don't know if I need that little, like, button, but... And, of course, it's the art of war that she stabs her with. Yep. Um, and then we have... I love... <laughs> Toby Stevens' delivery of... He finally beats up Bond, and he's like, Oh, look! Parachutes! Oh, look! Parachutes for the both of us! Whoops! Not anymore! Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Parachutes for the both of us. Oops, not anymore. (laughs) Nope, but just the one is enough to kill him. Yep. Alright, so he says time to face destiny. (laughs) And then Bond presses the button that... I think you pointed this out. Why is there a button that... Why is there a shock yourself button? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, that was yeah that was something I was like, why did they put that on the suit? That makes that's weird. And he, yeah, he sets off his his parachute, which and says time to face gravity, and then he gets sucked into the jet engine. At no point does gravity come into play here. <laughs> this was aerodynamics, not gravity. Yeah, but it's a clever twist. I I, I don't mind the line so much, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's you're a right. Fun line, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, no. Just like the rest of the movie. Well, of course, exactly. All right, so that that stops the satellite, and then Michael Madsen yep. lights a cigarette because yep reasons. Because he's Michael Madsen. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't put stuck in the middle with you on and start dancing, but <laughs> um, this may be the only then they get Tarantino a... movie I know Michael Madsen from. Uh, I'm sure there is one, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, so they get into a helicopter. Which is the first of at least two I can think of helicopter scenes that defy the laws of physics. But you know, fortunately, they're able to s- stop the the helicopter and fly away right as these guys are watching this Ferrari that landed nose down into the field. There, I like the Ferrari's nose down in the field. Yeah, the Ferrari, the Ferrari landing nose down, and uh, you know, thankfully, that's the end of the movie. There's no more to talk about after that scene of them yeah, flying from the helicopter, right? Yeah, totally. Definitely not not a scene that is even worse than them catching Bond sleeping with someone. Yeah. Yeah, so the money penny scene, just no. That's yes. all I'm going to say. Yeah. Why? And then we've been saying such good things about this take on money penny up until now. Yeah. And we find out she's fantasizing with the holodeck VR glasses and Q walks in on her and just ugh, it's, this is awful. Yeah. And then I really don't think that having a pile of diamonds to have to make Bulu Loop on would be comfortable at all. I no. And when she's like, leave it in a little longer. Leave it in. Oh like, god. No, no, no. It has no, to come why? Out why it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh god. This is so bad. Yeah. It's not great. I mean it's like it's it's like Purvis and Wade said, we wrote the worst line in film history with Christmas only comes once a year. But let's do a whole scene like that. Yeah. <sighs> and then at the end, we get James Bond will return. Yeah. And we get a different but also terrible version of Die Another Day. Yes. 
because <laughs> we needed two of them. So that's the end of the original James Bond timeline. Correct, because next week we are going to do a reboot. Yeah, we finished Prime Bond and we're about to start Kelvin Bond. Kelvin Timeline Bond. <laughs> oh, and now that I read the credits, it is Zhao, not Zhao, because there's uh, no H. I've been saying it wrong all movie long. Oops. See, that's we're going to have to re-record this all over again. No. <laughs> Zhao. Zhao is the correct pronunciation. Yeah. Here, I would yes. just say Zhao. Now you can dub that over I... all of the times it said Zhao. So, having the Hang credits on. going by my screen, I want to point out that the sword person on this movie was Bob Anderson, who, of course, it was, because Bob Anderson does every sword fighting in every movie. He was... He played Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back during the lightsaber scenes, mm -hmm. among many other things. But anyway, so yeah, this is the end of the original Bond timeline and the end of the Pierce Brosnan era. Yes. Which I think ended before it should have. I think he could have had another movie, yeah. That said, I don't think I need another one of these. <laughs> I think one die another day is plenty. So... I remember reading somewhere that the reason they rebooted the films for Daniel Craig mm -hmm. is because of the Austin Powers movies. Okay. Because they were spoofing Bond and doing all these stupid, funny gags, and they realized that they couldn't really do those in the actual movies anymore. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, so apparently, yeah, they, they realized they had to be more serious with the Bond movies because of the spoofs. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I really like where they take Bond after this. I agree. I think it's no secret that the that Casino Royale is probably my favorite Bond movie, so that'll be fun to talk about, I think. Yeah, it is a fantastic movie. I am looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. I just watched it within the past year, but I'm willing to watch it again. Excellent. Yeah, because I think back in January, maybe, I uh, picked up the 4K box set of the currently released Daniel Craig movies, so I... Mm -hmm. Had a bit of a marathon. In, but I'm okay. I'm looking forward to watching them again because they are mostly good movies. Yeah. <laughs> There's two and a half good movies in there, I think, out of the yeah, four. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Maybe and, even uh, two in like five-eighths if you count the cold open of one of them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm curious which cold open you're talking about, but we'll find out, I guess. Because... <laughs> There are well, two movies in there that I've heard people say that the cold open is great and then the movie goes downhill, so... Well, there's one where I would say the cold open is the only good part of the movie. Oh, okay. So you're saying there's less than one bad movie in there. Okay. Yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. All right, I got there. <laughs> yeah, I would say that one of them is a half good movie. One of them is barely a good movie at all. And then two of them are decent movies. Well, one of them is a decent movie, mm -hmm. and then one of them is a fantastic movie. Correct. But anyway, we'll get we'll get to that and when yeah. we get to that. Thank you so much for listening to us this week. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at Podspiel, or you can send us an email at spielpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Listening to Film. And you can find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. Do you have anything else you want to say about Die Another Day or the Brosnan era? Um, only that it started out great. And uh, it's a shame that they didn't keep going with the GoldenEye feel, I guess, mm. 
in general, it's not a it's not a stretch of Bond movies I tend to watch a lot of. Like if I'm going to say I'm going to pick a random Bond movie, it's not likely to be a Pierce Brosnan movie, and I think that's unfair to him because I think he's he's quite good in these movies, even if the scripts he was given were not always great. But you know, with that said, we will move on to the the uh, I almost said Roger Craig, and I'm like that's not right. Uh, <laughs> No, it's oh, Daniel man. Moore. Yeah, Daniel Moore. <laughs> Dennis Moore. Dun, dun, George dun, Connery. George. <laughs> <laughs> now, starting next week, we'll be moving on to the uh, Daniel Craig era. Mm-hmm. License to Spiel will return next week with Casino Royale. Mm-hmm.